You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 332. I am Tim Robertson, and I am joined today by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. Special guest star. Special I'm here every week, you know. Every week. <laughs> so, uh, the kids are home today. They shouldn't be, uh-huh. but it is a snow day. Do you have snow days in uh, the UK ever? Well, we, we kind of do, but the thing is, the difference is, you have a snow day when the weather's really bad. We have a snow day just when it snows. Oh. <laughs> the entire country grinds to a halt when we have the smatterings of snow here. We probably went through the coldest two weeks of January that I can remember in quite a long time. In fact, the United States as a whole has been extremely cold. And yesterday, the temperatures got up to about 55 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's quite warm. It melted almost all the snow. Mm-hmm. Of course, where you had been piling it up and plowing it into giant mountains of snow, they went down by maybe 75%. So what that does is it creates a lot of water, David. Yep. And then between yesterday and today, the temperature dropped 40 degrees. And so all of that snow or all that water on the roadways and blah, 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 all froze. Right. And it's all happened in a few hours. And it's a mess out there. Now it's snowing pretty heavily. We've got probably a good four to five inches right now since this morning. When I woke up this morning at almost five o'clock in the morning, um, there was no snow on the ground. And right. now everything is covered in snow. So did they put did they put salt and grit down the roads? They, yeah, they do. That's what ruins cars. That's why yeah. that's why you gotta rust proof your car. If you're buying a brand new car, you gotta get it rust proof to Michigan that's because you know, all that salt will melt the snow and ice on the roads, turn it to salt water, which then splashes up on your metal, and there you go. That, that's funny Funny you should mention that, actually. Um, last week, I, I opened up the door of my new car. Um, why? The first time I'd, I'd done that, and I saw that um, kind of behind, the right in the door jam, it was all open. You could see behind into the wing. I've never seen a car like that before, and I thought, that doesn't seem to be particularly corrosion resistant. It's not. That's the problem. Yeah. But the majority of the world that drives don't deal with salty roads. Yeah. Yeah, it's the salt that gets you. Yep. Yep. It rusts metal. So, dealing with that, the kids are home. Um, it, it, it's, it is what it is. You know, the kids are very happy they get a snow day. Cole was so excited he gave me a hug when he... It, originally, <laughs> it was a two-hour delay. Yeah. And so I didn't send him back to bed, and then... An hour and a half later, send a text. We, I get a text, I get an email, and I get a phone call. All at yeah. about the same time, saying school has been canceled today. For That's always fun. Of course, I, all I have to do is have Facebook open, and I'll see you know, friends who has kids that also go to the same school district. They'll be posting it left and right. Yeah. But it's just one of those things that when, you, when you've grown up in, in Michigan, as I have, and you're in... What we call um, it's the snow belt, rust belt, whatever you want to call it, but we get lake effect snow here. So if yeah. Chicago gets two inches, we get five inches. Yeah. And uh, it's just a, just a way of life. Yeah. Well, as I say, all we need to do is get a little bit of snow here and then all the schools close. And <laughs> the country grinds to a halt. People can't travel. The trains are canceled. And, um, you know, it's, it's almost like we don't know that it gets cold in winter. Yeah. The the problem is is that I mean for the last few weeks here it's been relatively mild for a winter. Uh it's been wet but not particularly cold though the media are telling us that there's going to be a, a, a what they call an arctic blast on Sunday and Monday. Mm-hmm. But we talked last week about how you can't always trust what the weather predictions are when you read them on the news. So. No, it gets a little ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's sensationalized to the point of irrelevancy. Yeah. Uh, we did get some feedback after our last show, and uh, you got some. I guess I didn't. You you said you received some. That I- uh, yeah, I got some from Brendan, and he uh, really enjoyed our seven four seven 
wiki trolling last week um and he said that uh, i'm going to summarize because he, he said there was we, we went back and forth two and three two or three emails on this he said that um that non-US airlines are still using the 747, but the reason that the US airlines abandoned it is because of a safety requirement that becomes mandatory next year to have fuel inerting systems in the in the fuel tanks. You remember um, back in I was the mid 90s, I think uh, there was a TWA aircraft from New York that took off and exploded out over the sea. Um, at the time, people were speculating it might have been accidentally shot down. Um, but actually it was uh, a fuel air explosion. It was a hot day and there was vapours in the fuel tank and a bit, a bit of wiring was frayed and they got a spark and it blew the plane up. So um, it took the FAA about 10, 11 years to actually decide that they were going to mandatory enforce you know, some sort of gas system in, into the fuel tanks to prevent that happening and then they gave the industry quite a long time to do it. So Brendan speculates that... Um, the uh, the need to fit that to such old aircraft like the 747 would be the reason that uh, the uh, US airlines might have, have, have pulled out with the 747. But I, I think the reality is actually it's a very old aircraft now. And um, I did some research myself on this when I was talking to Brendan about it. And um, yeah, it's just, it's very expensive to run because it has four engines, as we talked about last week. Yep. Uh, and the, the rules changed a few years ago now that engines have become more reliable so that two engine aircraft could fly over the ocean um, and so it's cheaper to run and also apparently uh, particularly for the really older 747 airframes parts are becoming a real problem now because they're not made anymore uh, they make newer ones but the newer parts don't fit the older aircraft so um, yeah that aircraft know. gone through a number of different upgrades and designs over the years so it definitely yeah. it's and it's not like you can just go to your local parts store and get the parts for 747. I mean, they're all expensive and they're kind of a special order. Yeah. And pulling your jumbo in off the highway and saying, yeah, I'll have a full oil change in Mason's, please. Yeah. <laughs> Give someone a heart attack. So CES is going on this week. And yep. I've been following all the you know usual suspects when it comes to uh, those who report on it. And I found it mildly interesting, but... Of course, nothing groundbreaking. Well, um, you, you never really get anything groundbreaking at CES. Even the, the most groundbreaking stuff, nine times out of ten, never actually happens in the way it's presented. Yep. It's, yeah. But John Gruber during Fireball had an interesting link, and I found a couple other things. His, the one he linked to was that Apple's presence, who's never been to CES, or at least not in modern times, uh, was always still strongly, strongly felt at CES, their their ecosystem. That's not as true anymore. In fact, it's kind of just the opposite. You've got to look hard to find anything in the Apple ecosystem. And then, and I understand why, <clears throat> and everything was more about uh, Google and Amazon's, especially Amazon's, you know, talky, voicey, Electra, Alexa, Alexa, whatever. Alexa, yeah. yeah. Um, then I'm on other sites, and <clears throat> I find that inductive charging pads and, and gizmos are everywhere. That it's kind of the thing at the CES. Mm, well, why did that suddenly have taken what, off? What, in the last 12 months, did anything come out that takes advantage of inductive charging? Well, the Samsung phones and things like that have done it for ages, so yeah. why would there suddenly be a bit... Oh, hang on a minute. Mm. iPhone 8. Mm -hmm. iPhone 10. So, yeah. I found that to be a little ill-informed. That if he would have actually broadened his... Not, I'm not talking about Gruber. I'm talking whoever wrote no. the article he, he linked to. Uh, yeah. if, the, if that writer would have broadened his knowledge of what the Apple ecosystem has been bringing to the table in the last 12 months, he would have saw, oh, wait, hold on, all these charging pads everywhere that everybody is coming out with brand new versions of, whether it be uh, a speaker or a stand or a furry little coaster, uh, that's all related to the iPhone. You know. Yeah, I, I, I saw that same thing, and, and I initially I kind of, you know, mused on it for a few minutes, um, but then I, I kind of thought, thought to myself, well, I think the problem with doing that sort of report on CS is CS is so large and covers such a wide gamut of topic, topics that you 
you, you go in and you have an angle you want to propose, you can find evidence for it wherever you look. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it's, it's the truth. There is no real, when it comes to CS, there's no real absolute truth. No. I think it's certainly clear that the buzz this year is very much about uh, voice devices, these, uh, you know, the Alexa, the Google Home, that sort of thing. And, and I think quite rightly so. I purchased um, an Echo Dot to give as a gift to somebody at the end of January. Um, and I, I bought that just after Christmas. Uh, and I was mildly surprised that it didn't arrive straight away. I actually only got it just the other day. Wow. And so that, that, that indicates to me that Amazon has been selling those things gangbusters. I still because, can't you know, find a use case that I need one. Well, yeah, the, you know what the thing is, is that it's one of those things that when you have one, you kind of find ways to use it. Um, and, and I live in uh, the, the Amazon ecosystem. Don't get me wrong. It's just, yeah, hmm. yeah, you know, um, but you know, it's, it's, I think they are certainly the, the cheaper ones are also pretty good as gifts. Yeah. Uh, and you can get, I think it is one of those things you kind of have to have one and you have to use one to find out what it does for you. Uh, and sometimes it does nothing for you, but a lot of people find they, they kind of use it for all sorts of different things. And I think the flexibility of those devices is, is one of the reasons that they, um, they are kind of the hotness at CES this year is that you can do so many different things with them and make them do different things. But, um, in terms of the Apple ecosystem stuff, I, I think also that other writer, he, he fails to realize how the iPhone, the iPad ecosystem has changed. It used to be that you design devices that specifically fit whatever that year's model of iPhone was. Uh, and people don't do that anymore because, the technology's matured and also the capability of the device has matured. Now you can do everything over wireless, over you know, Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or the cloud. Um, techn- yeah, or technology like that. And also as well, it's much easier to adapt your product for Android as well as Apple. Uh, well, and so selling it as an, as an Apple-only device doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, the, the flip side of that is because of Apple's influence in technology and I don't care if you're an Apple fanboy or not. That truth is undeniable. Um, Apple has changed the industry, specifically the mobile market, to such a degree that small ripples from Apple completely changed the industry. Now, yes, there was inductive charging. Going way back, I had that HP tablet um, that I can't even think of what it was called now. What, Uh, seven years ago? It was well. I think it was called called the touchpad, wasn't it? Touch, yeah, I think um, so. I had that yeah. seven years ago, eight years ago, and that yeah. was inductive charging. So this is not yeah. new technology. And when we get into our wiki trolling section, we'll show that it's really not new technology. Uh, and and listeners who've been with us for a long time remember that I I played around with inductive charging myself back in the I think I must have had when I had my iPhone five or five yeah. S, um, and I had in fact. I, Fortunately, I, I never got around to selling a lot of the pads and bits and pieces I had for it. So uh, I'm going to be able to pull that out of the uh, out of the garage and and when I get a new phone and, and kind of hit the ground running because I've still got all that stuff. But um, but the point yeah, my point is yeah, it, that it, it, Apple comes out with the iPhone eight and ten, which supports inductive charging, and now the rest of the industry is rushing to create. I want to say solutions, but let's call it what they are, gizmos, that take advantage of how many more people now are not only going to use it, but are aware of it. And that is the difference. Yeah. Legitimizes the technology. Yes. Um, And just in the same way that the, um, I think even the original iPhone, it legitimized capacitive touch, which you remember before the iPhone came out, nobody had ever heard of it. Uh, and people and, and the technology was mature. It was mature enough to Apple for Apple to build a whole phone on on the basis of that stuff. But nobody had ever heard of it. We all thought that touch was done using those, um, you know, the thing with the membrane under the screen that, that kind of made it all fuzzy and feel feel really odd. Uh, and and similarly, um, they legitimized fingerprint ID with Touch ID. I, I they now legitimized. Uh, while there's charging and, and I guarantee you in the next two, three years, you'll find every device has a, 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 a case of a, ca- a camera that can do face identification in the same ballpark as Apple has, even though that technology has been around on Android devices for years and has right. never worked very well. So, yeah, I, I think Apple's influence goes deeper than 
I, we made this case for the iPhone. Um, yeah. Speaking of iPhone, I, I didn't talk about this last week, I don't believe, because I don't think it happened at that time. Yeah, I did not. Um, I replaced my iPhone. Yeah, I find this ironic that you ranted about Apple slowing down the phones and the suggestion being that it was a way to help up get make people upgrade their phones uh, and then your response to that when you had a bad battery in your phone was to go out and buy a new one. <laughs> I assume it was a bad battery. It was still holding a charge. Um, but all the symptoms that I was seeing indicated that, yeah, this I am suffering from the well-reported problems that Apple had finally admitted. And I had a choice. I could go get it replaced for a couple bucks, $29, and at the same time replace Brooke's screen because, of course, she broke her screen on her iPhone. But I've got Apple Care Plus on that, so yeah. that'll cost me 50 bucks to fix. Um, or I can just get a new phone. And quite honestly, I, you know, I, I debated it for a while. And and I've been wanting a new iPhone for a while anyways. I mean, a 6 Plus is quite long in the tooth for a, a mobile device nowadays. Yeah. And I really, really, really was interested in that new camera in either the 10 or the 8 Plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the more I thought about it, and I use my phone on a daily basis for work. There's apps that I have to use as part of my daily job that I can't have running slow. I just can't. So I debated, okay, do I want a new phone? If so, which one? And how I'm going to pay for it. The problem with paying for it is I've already got three phones. I've got four phones total on our plan. Three of them are under contract, i.e. I'm paying a monthly bill to buy that phone. And those three phones are costing me about $75 a month. If I add an 8 Plus... I'm going to add 35 bucks and close to 40 bucks if I go with the iPhone 10. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that. No. So I looked at my needs. I don't need the highest capacity phone. I don't. Um, the the 32 gig is just fine for what I'm putting on there. Right. More than fine. Um. So I decided I'm just going to buy a phone. Yeah, I, I think that's fair enough. You, I mean, if you if you'd added, if you think about it, you're you're every three months you're paying the cost of a brand new device anyway in your uh, plans. So to add another phone on there, you'd be spending even more, and then you're locked into those plans for uh, eight what eighteen months, two years, something two like that. Two years, yeah. So yeah. I just purchased my iPhone, and yes, I stuck in the Apple ecosystem. Uh, I just could not bring myself to to pull the trigger on an Android. Um, I just don't trust them, to be quite frank. Yeah. And so it came down to the, the iPhone X, the iPhone X, or the iPhone 8 Plus. I like the screen on the the 10. I really do. Yeah. But I hate the notch. Mm-hmm. I like the screen on the iPhone 8, and it has the same camera. So I went with the iPhone 8 Plus. Um, but it wasn't the notch that was the deciding factor for me. And it wasn't even the price because it would only been another 200 bucks. Yeah. It was about the home button. Now let me explain why. Other than my day job where I'm constantly using my phone. And by the way, the iPhone eight plus has a much better, longer lasting battery than I'm used to. I mean, it's night and day. Um, Mm -hmm. it's about when I'm in my car. Yeah. I don't generally use the phone itself when I'm in my car, but I sometimes do change like uh music playlists. Now I've got Apple CarPlay, so I can do it in the dash. Yeah. But a lot of times when the glare is hitting the screen, I can't see anything. And quite frankly, the, the phone or the screen on any iPhone is going to be far superior than any screen in your dash. It just yeah. is. And so how do I unlock my phone if I'm driving down the road? I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull it out of the dock, unplug it, and hold it up to my face. I'm going to sit there and look down at my screen. I can't do those things. Yeah. yeah. But what I can do is blindly put my thumb on that sensor because I can feel it, and the phone just unlocks. 
So that's that was kind of the big use case for me on why I went with the 32 gig iPhone 8 Plus in uh, the black one. So I'm interested in your use case. So let's just drill into that a little bit because I also use my phone in my car. And um, I've got to be honest, I used to have a kind of a cradle. I, 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 I don't have CarPlay, so I wasn't actually plugging anything in. So I had a cradle up on the uh, right in the corner of the dash, uh, up by the windscreen, yeah. right next to the door, um, where I could just see the phone. Um, and I, I never really used it that much. I, I had sat nav in the car, so I didn't use it for mapping. But it was there in case I, you know, I need to make a call, or um, I, in fact, think I could also do that through the car. But uh, I think mainly I would, I would occasionally fire up Siri and that sort of thing. Um, with iOS 11, of course, it comes by default with the driving mode that disables the phone when it thinks you're driving. Yep. Um, and as a result of that, I've kind of I haven't turned that off. So I'm, I've actually got in the habit of leaving the phone in my pocket when I'm in the car now. Um, and when I want to control the phone, um, particularly if I'm playing podcasts or something, if I can't do it through the dash setup, which sometimes it, it breaks, um, I use my uh, my Apple Watch. And I find that very handy because you know if you're if you're steering, obviously you can just tip tip your uh, you know tip your hand towards you. The watch will light up, and the first thing that comes up on my on my watch is is the audio controls. It knows the audio is playing on my phone, and that, and so it decides that's what, probably what you want to do. And I find that to be very convenient. Is that something you've tried to do? I have not. No. Um, the screen's just too small. I won't see it. Unless I put my reading glasses on, and I can't wear my reading glasses if I'm yeah. driving down the road. Yeah, so, so that, that would be a problem. Yeah. And where my phone is located, you've been in my Sequoia. Yeah. Um, it's to the right of the steering wheel. Of course, I've got a right uh, left-hand side vehicle. Yeah. Um, and then it's, But it's down. Mm-hmm. It, it's actually below the gear shift. Um, it's plugged into the cigarette lighter, the 12-volt yeah. adapter, although it's not powering anything. It's I don't, just kind uh, yeah, of a I don't metal even know whether rock. Face ID would work that far away. Yeah, I don't think it would. Yeah. And and even if it did, I don't want to take my eyes off the road to look at yeah. my phone just to unlock it for to change a playlist or, you know, read four texts. No, I don't do that in the car. <laughs> yeah. I will tell you the Apple CarPlay a different YouTube video. <laughs> um I liked the Apple CarPlay when I was using my iPhone 6, but you remember I had some issues with it. Occasionally, did, it just yeah. was kind of glitchy, and it wasn't really responsive. Completely different with the iPhone 8 Plus. It's, everything mm-hmm. is instant. And here's where I noticed the biggest difference. I would get a text on my phone. Now, I'm plugged in physically. It's not wireless because it's not a wireless CarPlay system. Plus, it charges yeah. my phone at the same time, which is yeah. nice. I get a text... It doesn't interrupt my music or anything unless I tap the message button, iMessages button, on the car stereo, at which point it interrupts the music and it reads the text to me. Yeah. And I have a choice. I can say it's using my, my, my the, the microphone in the car, and I can reply to it. It says, would you like to reply? And you say yes or no. If you say no, it goes right back to the music. If I say yes... I say my text, and it's so far, every time I've tried it, it's 100% accurate. Excellent. And, and it says, you know, the message is gone or right away or whatever, and then it goes right back to playing my music. So I don't have to leave. I don't have to take my eyes off the road. I don't have to take my hands off the steering wheel. Now, why do I care about text when I'm driving? Because I drive 35 miles a day. It's part of one of the worst areas as far as accidents are concerned on Interstate 94, especially yeah. this time of the year. So if there's stop traffic ahead of me, I absolutely want to know that as quickly as possible so I could take the next exit and avoid it. So that's why, you know, that's why the car play to me more than anything else, because just listening to music, Bluetooth is fine. But car play, when it comes to messages, it's brilliant. It's so nice. And the, the newer iPhones are so much faster and powerful that, it used to be on the iPhone Plus, if I got a message, I hit the button, and it was a good 10 seconds before it would respond. With the new yeah. iPhone, it's instant. Now, I thought that response time was the car stereo itself. It totally wasn't. It was the iPhone. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Look, these new phones have got processors like the Wazoo. They've got 
processors, low power processors sitting there doing stuff in the background all the time, and mm-hmm. it's purely designed to optimize that immediacy experience and um, something that Apple does particularly well. So um, I'm not surprised that coming from a, a 6 Plus, you're seeing a big difference. Funnily enough, while we've been talking, I've just had an email from Apple um, telling me that my wife's Genius Bar uh, authorization for her, ba- her her battery change on her iPhone 6 has has been has been done. She's oh. she's been de- she's been in there this afternoon, um, and and she's got the opposite. She didn't want to change her phone. She wanted to have a new battery in the existing phone. She's got it got it for the cheap price. Um, but it's interesting here because I have all the information about the phone here now. So I purchased that phone on, at the end of October 2014. So it's over three years old at this point. Um, and they did a, um, a battery test on it, and they said the battery was good. That it had no problems. Now, under their new um, this, this new scheme, they're, they're changing them anyway, people that want, want them to do that. Yep. Um, but this kind of makes me wonder. Her phone would definitely was slow. I saw it myself. And yet, Apple's tests say the battery was good, and it, that doesn't surprise me. I tested it myself using uh, something I got off the um, off the App Store, and it said that the battery was was about eighty four percent capacity. So that kind of you would imagine in that circumstance you wouldn't see the throttling that. that but Apple, they are. Yeah, but well, I wonder. Yeah, if this if this thing is not is not as I mean, look. We, we think about these phones like they're gas tanks. They're not. No. They're incredibly complicated devices, these batteries, um, and um, voltage loads and performance, depending on exactly what you're doing with it, is, is nowhere near as simple as Apple likes to tell us it is. So I want, But I wonder how good their testing is. And, in fact, maybe they've gotten behind the curve on it. And, in fact, they are, they are seeing throttling when um, they think they wouldn't see it. And that's what's caused the problem. And I don't believe... You said it was 84%. Yeah. I don't believe that the difference between 100% battery and one that's 16% less is simply 16% less in just charging capacity. No, it's, it definitely isn't, and I can confirm that. The, the laptop I'm using now is my um, relatively recent um, MacBook Pro Retina, 15-inch MacBook Pro Retina. And when I bought this, the battery was lasting for about two and a half hours. So I actually had it changed uh, last week. I uh, I actually took it to a not to Apple but to a third party place and had it changed out because doing that yourself on these is no fun. They're all glued in. Right. Um, and yeah, the, I think the battery was showing in the in the MacBook as uh, it had about 750 cycles. Now they're good. They're supposed to be good for at least a thousand cycles. So um, it was you know it was well used, but not not the end of its life. And coconut battery again was reporting a performance of uh, I think it was about seventy eight percent of original capacity, and yet it was way below. I mean the the, the, the runtime was way below what that number would indicate. Yeah. The, the, the runtime was like the battery was you know close to dead. You know um, so. Uh, certainly well under – I mean, you should get five, six hours out on these laptops. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I was getting at best two and a half. So, um, yeah, the numbers don't necessarily mean what it, it, we simplistically think they mean. Right. It, and I will use your gas tank analogy again. If you lose 16% of your fuel, it, it's exactly 16% of 100%. Yeah. On a battery technology, that does not mean it's at 86% of where yeah. it should be. It's simply not. So it's, it was it, throttling yeah. massively at that point. Mine actually said it was about 70%. Yeah, it's actually the, the better analogy is not a gas tank, even though that's how it's presented to us. The better analogy is actually car performance. Yes. Basically, what happens when you've got a – if you had an engine that was only running at 75% of optimal, yeah. it would be pretty bad. It would be that's really what, that's, bad. That's basically what we're in. You know, It would yes. be a thing where as soon as you got to a hill, it would struggle, yep. uh, and it might stall, and it might conk out. Um, and it wouldn't run smooth, and and that's really what it. That's the, the analogy that that would be more appropriate than the, than the, a kind of a percentage number in a gas tank. Absolutely, that's yeah. great great analogy there. Um, we do want to thank our sponsor, MaxSales.com. David, uh, they are of course at CES this week, and uh, they released a new product. Introduced it there at CES. Now, I used to work there, so I was at CES a few times working for OWC and. Of course, I wasn't. You're glad you're not now. Um, no, I, I liked Oda, I, I liked CES. Yeah. Um, it what you know, for a long time when MacWorld was at its peak, 
It always happened the week or two before CES. So yeah. we had a choice. We can go to Macworld or we can go to CES. And we knew that CES was a much larger show, but it had a lot of stuff that just didn't appeal to a lot of well, people like us. We don't care about the latest and greatest refrigerators. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, they didn't have the, the self-driving car demos and all that back then. Had they had those, it might have been a harder choice. But there is no Macworld anymore. And I liked Macworld was my favorite show uh, as far as the big ones are concerned. I really, really like it. Although I will say Nam was pretty damn cool, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked CES. It, now, it didn't have... Okay, I knew a lot of people at Macworld. So that's going to cloud my thoughts on the subject. But that being said, CES was a good show. You you always walked away learning something, seeing something. I had a good time at every CES I went to. And now when uh-huh. I was working for OWC, 100% of my time was not at our at, at that booth. I'd have time off and I'd go check out the show. That's what yeah. I did. Uh, and in fact, the first time I went to CES, I think it, I was just scoping the show. We didn't actually go. Uh, so I think I went three, two or three times. I can't remember now. But I like CES. So, no, I, I, I'd be happy to be there right now, especially with the yeah. weather we're having. I'd be rather be in Vegas right now than here with this crap. Yeah, well, they've had some weather problems as well this week. I'd rather be here with the kids, though. <laughs> of course, <laughs> That's exactly. what I didn't like. Yeah, I, I've got to be honest. I mean, I've done show, a show in Las Vegas for the last few years now, and... Um, that kind of the the joys of Las Vegas for a show is starting to wear wear a bit thin for me. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, that's not fun. You know, it's yeah. just the it is the size and the fact that everything is so spread out. Um, and actually, you know, the good thing that used to be at Las Vegas it was a fairly cheap place to be. It's not anymore. The prices and everything has shot up. So, yep. so yeah. they introduced a new product. They being OWC. I've got a sneeze coming on. By the way. Uh, called the OWC Envoy Pro EX Thunderbolt 3. This looks like a pretty cool product. I think the sneeze is starting to subside, but I think it's fooling me because I can feel it still. Yeah, that's what it's doing. It's a stealth sneeze. (coughs) There it is. There you go. Got it. Victory is mine. This is basically, this is kind of a professional external SSD enclosure. Yeah, it's a single blade uh, NVMe external SSD drive with Thunderbolt 3. That means it is fast. And it actually has a built in cable, which you don't see a whole lot of that anymore. No, no. Um, um, yeah, so it's USB C. Uh, well, USB C stroke Thunderbolt 3. So this is obviously designed for the new MacBook Pros. Um, not for the little 12-inch MacBook because even it has a, though it has the same connector, it doesn't have Thunderbolt. Correct. Which is dumb. But uh, or yeah, the Mac, about- or the or the new iMac would be really good for this as well. I, you don't really need portable with the iMac, but it's such a small footprint. This might be ideal for that situation. Well, the, the thing is, sometimes you do. Sometimes you need to take yeah. footage. Uh, particularly rendered footage and take it somewhere else show it somebody and then you want to have uh you know if if you're if you're doing video work um professional video work and you go and see a client and show them a cut of the of the video and they say well what would it be like if you change this you change that you can do you can do those simple edits right there and then and then re-render it and show it to them so if you have one of these it will be available in early 2018 it's not out yet uh, the options will include uh, 250 or 500 gig capacity. Uh, ultra high performance Thunderbolt 3 interface delivers speeds up to 256 megabytes read and 1,600 megabytes write. So that's 2,600 megabytes yeah, read. Yeah, that's that's yeah. you can boot your computer and it's not going to feel slow because you're on an external drive. You're nope. not going to notice any difference. Uh, portable and rugged, um, drop test compliant. Versatile performance, I deal with as an ultra-fast project drive and as a boot drive. Yeah. Stylus and sleek black aluminum enclosure. That sounds cool. Uh, and it's compatible with Macs and PCs with native Thunderbolt 3 ports, and it has an integrated cable and carrying case. The carrying case obviously isn't integrated, but because <laughs> that would just be yeah. kind of weird. folds out yep. from the bottom and envelopes it. Uh, so thanks to OWC. I'll put a link into their uh, blog with this announcement. Uh, and they got a cool video that looks really nice. I know where it was filmed too. It was in the Austin um, 
it, they filmed this in Austin. I, looking at it, I'm like, oh, I've been there, and I've been there. Yeah. I know whose dust that is. <laughs> of course, yeah. it was shot professionally, but I, it was shot at OWC in Austin. It's it's always very. I, I always find it very funny when you see somewhere you know on a, a on a TV or a video. Um, they've got one of these um, these reality shows they're running at the moment. Um, it's a bit like the Amazing Race, mm-hmm. but this with this they're they're actually being chased. So they're being chased. These these guys kind of get dropped off of a van somewhere in the UK, and then they have to stay on the run for thirty days without being caught. And all the guys chasing them are, you know, ex cops oh, and that. It's quite, it's quite a fun show. But the thing is, they dropped them off in the centre of Manchester. Ah. And so the first episode, and they had a helicopter up to watch them kind of spread out. And immediately the, the chasers are trying to, you know, catch them straight away. And they win money if they stay out for 30 days. But, of course, you know, I'm watching it thinking, no, don't turn that way, run. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly <laughs> where they're at. Because these people, yeah, these people don't know where they are because the whole point is they drop somewhere they don't know. Right. Um, and th- and then you can see, you can also see the joins where the program cuts away because you go, you, you go to yourself, oh, hang on a minute, there's no way you can get from there to there in just a few minutes. That's right. like a 40 minute journey. And you know that, that um, obviously editing has happened. Well, it has to because otherwise it'd be the most boring show in the world. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, in last night's episode, uh, nothing at all happened. <laughs> he was in the loo for like 20 minutes and that was that's boring. right yeah uh, <laughs> 15 minutes trying to hitchhike that's right yeah <laughs> um you posted an article this is the last thing we'll talk about before oh no let, let's stick with owc for one second david yeah <clears throat> uh julia has been complaining about her about you well that goes without saying <laughs> about her lightning cable that she has in the kitchen that she uses to charge her iPhone. It doesn't work half the time. Mm-hmm. And I've got two personally here at my uh, in, at my desk. Uh, the one that actually syncs when I plug it into the Mac. And then uh, I've got two other ones, and they're both charging cables. But one of those charging cables doesn't work. i got to kind of fiddle with it. And it's one of those things, when you start getting cables going bad, you, you kind of put off buying the new ones. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you think about it when you're using it, like, ugh, I need to replace this, and, oh, look, squirrel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I just got tired of messing around with it. So I bought, I said, well, you know what, I, I'm just going to go out and, and see what's out there. I'll go to OWC, which I did. Uh, so I went to MaxSales.com, just did a lightning cable, and they had a sale going. <clears throat> it's a, for $2.49, they had a three-foot charge and sync cable uh the company is called ar never heard of them before but uh, i looked them up and it looks like they're pretty legitimate and they had good reviews so i bought six of these cables for two dollars and fifty cents each so fifteen dollars i've got six new cables and that will replace the one in my truck which also by the way is starting to go bad the more you use them the more you plug them in and unplug them it they just don't last not even the apple ones so I bought six cables, and that's going to replace the one in Julie's truck, the one on her computer, the three here at my desk, and the one in my truck. Did you get a purple one? I did not. They're all the white. Uh, they, they I thought about purple. getting the newer tech ones from them instead, the braided ones. Yeah. Um, but they were like three times as much, and I needed six. So I was like, yeah, yeah I think these would be good. So thanks That's the smart thing, though, is to, yep. is to buy... You know, find a cheap one and then buy a whole load of them so that the next time one fails, you just throw it out and um, replace it with one off off the shelf. That's right. Uh, So, you know, ODBC obviously pays us to be a sponsor, so they got a little bit of their money back this time. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, You have an an Ars Technica article. And I I love the, the, I just love the title of this article. I really do. So the, the the headline was FBI security expert. This is a quote from him. Apple are quote jerks about unlocking encrypted phones. And uh, I respond replied that I think I know who the real jerk is here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, There's <laughs> no secret that, that that law enforcement, not just here in the U.S. but worldwide, are very frustrated that Apple has made their phones so difficult to crack and hack and get into. And I understand their point of view. They've got an ongoing investigation. There may be pertinent information on this phone that can help them solve the crime or 
help them stop the next terrorist alert and blah 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 blah. That's, but that's it's such, so such it is. It's such yeah. a small percentage. It's not even a percentage of actual use why they need to get into the phone. But um, here's the problem. Yeah. Here's the problem because it is if you read the article um, that we link to here, um, he was complaining that they that basically Apple's made the, the the ability to brute force the phone by password guessing. They've slowed it down, so it's now one every eighteen seconds and every forty five pet passwords a second. And you know they've done that to frustrate brute forcing. Yep. Now they, of course the FBI means they've done that to frustrate us, and it's like no, they've done that to frustrate everybody who's That's trying right. to brute force a phone. Yeah, and he, you know, he talks about how we've got, we've got, in the fiscal year 2017, we were unable to access the content of 7,775 devices using appropriate and available technical tools, even though we had the legal authority to do so. Nearly each one of those 7,800 devices is tied to a specific subject, a specific defendant, a specific victim, a specific threat, right? That is not 7,800 devices that are terrorist phones. Correct. Yeah? The vast majority of those will be drug phones. Yep. Some guy yeah. got, got caught selling a small bag of marijuana. Exactly. And they want yeah. to get into and, the phone to they, find out yeah. who he was selling to so they can go arrest those people too. Exactly. Now... There's a much wider debate to be had, had there about about how important um, stopping that activity is. It's, it's, I completely agree and support the fact that under today's legislation, those, those activities are illegal and the law enforcement people have a perfect right to go and try and prosecute people breaking the law. However, my argument with this is that before we had smartphones, go back pre-iPhone, when basically nobody had a smartphone, yeah? How did law enforcement fight the war on drugs then? Oh, they didn't. What well, happened? That's what yeah. they're kind of saying. They're saying, well, without this, we can't prosecute um, crime. Right. It's like, well, hang on a minute. Before people communicated this way, they were perfectly able to find enough evidence to prosecute these guys. Yeah, having the smartphone cracked just makes it easy for them, and that's what it's all about. They don't. They don't need this because uh, they can't solve these cases without. They need this because it would be much easier to solve these cases about without. And and I'm sorry, there is no obligation for society to weaken its security just to make law enforcement's job easier. And yeah, in enforcing laws age, is not meant to be easy. Right. And in today's day and age yeah. where a lot of our lives are now on our mobile devices, whether Brandon likes it or not, yeah. is is simply a fact of life. It it just is. Especially yeah. with cloud computing and look, I've got Dropbox on my phone. Yeah, you know, and I've got a lot of sets of data on my um, in my Dropbox that I wouldn't want anybody to have access to. Yeah. So and and, and the problem the problem is is that uh, the difficulties you give the government access to your private information, right? Um, and they will they will, if they find something they decide is illegal, they will particularly in the states they will throw the book at you for it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very easy for them to do that. It's a, on an unrelated matter. Find that all oh, right. Well, we're going to have to we're going to have to pursue this, right? And the and the specific examples the guy mentions here as human trafficking, counterterrorism, counterintelligence, gangs, organized crime, child exploitation, and cyber. You know what's missing from that list? Drugs. Yep. Because he knows that he can't say it. Because if he says it, people are going to go, well, if you're just going to prosecute and, drug and that's crime, that's 95% we're not percent of, or more of what they yeah. really want to do. I like yeah. what Apple released in 2016 as a statement. And it says, for many years, we have used encryption to protect our customers' personal data because we believe it's the only way to keep their information safe, Apple says in a message to customers posted on its website in 2016. <clears throat> We have even put that data out of our reach because we believe the contents of your iPhone are none of our business. Yeah. Apple CEO Tim Cook previously argued that intentionally including vulnerabilities in consumer products to help law enforcement would also help criminals hack everyday people who rely on encryption to ensure yeah. their digital safety. And he's 110% right. That's you know absolutely I, I, 100%. I, I don't understand is why security officials feel the need to talk in public about this. Because Surely they're frustrated they, because they can't yeah. do their job. They're inefficient. Right. But they, if, they can't, if, if they this, can't crack if this it. argument is strong, then why aren't they able to persuade lawmakers to introduce laws that change this? Yep. That's the only way you can force a company like Apple to put government-sponsored backdoors in is to basically – uh, legislate for it, and yet legislators won't touch it with a barge pole. So all of this is is fud, basically. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So let's jump into our wiki trolling section this week, and it relates directly to uh, our comments earlier on CES that Apple doesn't have a presence there in their ecosystem. Yes, it does. And it looks like it's all about wireless charging. So what do we got? Inductive charging. This is our Wikipedia. Um, inducting charging, also known as wireless charging or cordless charging, uses an electromagnetic field to transfer energy between two objects through ele- <coughs> electromagnetic induction. This is yeah. usually done with a charging station. Energy is sent through the inductive coupling to an external devi- or electrical device, which can then use that energy to charge batteries to run the device. Pretty simple, right? But yeah. it's really not. It's very complex technology, but it's not new technology at all. Well, no, I mean, the, the, the principle of using uh, electricity to generate magnetic fields and then moving those magnetic fields to regenerate electricity in a wire is the basis of uh, basically all, the, all electricity generation. Uh, that's exactly how a, um, a dynamo and a generator in a power station works to generate electricity. All this does is vary the process, so you're using it in a small, um, low-power capacity to charge his device. Mm-hmm. The transfer of power was first attempted using radio waves as a medium. Mm, yeah, uh, and, and that is, that's kind of the, um, the, uh, the holy grail of wireless charging. Is Tesla to be able to... was a big believer. He yeah. believed, uh, it says here, Nicholas Tesla believed that wireless power transfer was possible and probable. He built what was called the Tesla Tower, which was a giant coil connected to uh, a 200-feet tower, blah, 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 with uh, with a ball three feet in diameter. Tesla pumped uh, 300 kilowatts of power into the device. The coil resonated at 150 kilohertz. The experiment failed due to the fact that the power diffused in all directions. Yeah, and it's possible to do it directionally. That's been that's been proved. Um, yeah. And uh, it says here that uh, in 1987, Canada successfully flew a fuel-free model plane by transmitting a 2.45 gigahertz 10 kilowatt microwave directly at the plane. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, that's a tight beam thing. It is. Uh, really, what what everyone kind of hopes for is to be in a room with a kind of a Wi-Fi type thing in the ceiling and everything in the room just charges automatically. But um, the, the problem with the problem with all of this stuff is that um, the power falls off using something called the inverse square law. Yes. So the, fur- the further away you are, it, you, you kind of get a logarithmic curve about the drop in, in power. And so unless you're right next to the thing, basically it's not very efficient. Uh, and that's why you have to put these things uh, put your device on a charging mat so it's it's literally millimeters away from the charging coil to even get any sort of efficiency and even then it's not it's not as efficient as a cable and you know why we probably will never have wireless power why is that money my friend how in the (laughs) world could the power companies of the world know how much power you're consuming if it's just free over the air um Oh, I'm sure there must be a, you know, you need DRM for power, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. So. Yeah, the really, cable company's working on that. It was very much for their bailiwick. <laughs> right. So these Q devices, uh, QI, is that how oh, we say it? Q? I think it's called Qi. It's Qi? pronounced Qi. All right. So that is kind of the standard now. And Apple, of course, embraced it in September of 2017 in the iPhone 8 and X, or 10. I hate saying 10. Um, So now it's becoming a big thing. Well, hold on a minute. Nokia launched two smartphones, the Lumina 820 and the Lumina 920, on September 2012, which features the... uh, What? what, Kwai? Q? What do you say? Chi. Chi. I'm calling it Q. I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Close enough. Uh, Inductive charging. Yeah. Google and LG launched the Nexus 4 in October of 2012, which supports it. So you get all these different companies, HTC in 2012, uh, Nexus 5 in 13. You got all these companies that did it, and yet nobody was making hardly anything in that standard until well, this year. Everything now at yeah. CES. There was some stuff, don't get me wrong, but it was yeah. never a big thing. It was kind well, of this other, a very yeah, niche other- product. The other thing that kind of reinforces what we were saying back at the beginning of the show was that there was a competing standard yep. called PMA, um, and these things have have been kind of 
fighting it out for a while. I think Qi has been the winner in that it's available on more Android phones than PowerMat. You mean PMA. Um, But, what, of course, what happens is as soon as Apple adopts Qi, then basically the PMA Q. people say, uh, well, yeah, we're going to join the Qi standard now. We're going to jettison our existing one. I mean, that's that's the power of that positive endorsement. But the thing is, is that one advantage of, of this sort of uh, induction is that because there's no terminals involved, you can use it in environments where there's water. Yep. Uh, and one of the appliances that's been using this for many, many years, in, really since the late 80s, early 90s, yep. is, uh, is rechargeable toothbrushes. They all have that. Uh, they all have a holder where you just drop it in and it charges automatically, and that is inductive charging. And, yeah, that's been going on for, what, 35, 40 years now. Oh, 2011 was when the touchpad came out. So, yeah, I, that was seven years ago. Yep. Wow. <clears throat> crazy yeah no i'm i am intrigued to see what apple does with this technology because they're bringing their own mat out next this year uh and the rumor is is that it's going to be a development of the standard um so that it will be able to do more things than the current standard can which quite honestly i think is good for the industry as a whole because if apple's doing it Guess what's going to happen? You're going to see a whole bunch of new products that are going to embrace those standards, and the entire industry moves forward, which, of course, reinforces David and I's point that while you might not have seen a direct correlation between Apple's ecosystem and CES this year, it was all over the place. And yeah. that's not going to change anytime soon, I don't think, although I really do wish, quite frankly, David, Apple would be a little bit more innovative. I haven't seen any true innovation in that company in quite a while. Everything's uh, an evolution, not a revolution. But that's yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, there, there are there are definitely some places where they're trailing behind. I mean, they they are way behind on the whole, you know, cylinder in cylinder you talk to cylinder with a lady in it um, front with the with the HomePod yep. that's still not not come out. But uh, you know, the AirPods are were very very innovative, um, and really. they only came no. out last year. The AirPods so, is what's innovative about them. Basically, it's it's typical Apple. They've taken problems that were seen to be solved but didn't work very well, and they've made everything in it work extremely well. Mm. All right, we'll see. With that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. We'd love to get feedback from you guys. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. Of course, you can go to mymac.com or techfanpodcast.com and uh, leave a message right there in the show notes. We'd love to see it. Um, you know, which we try to read them here on the show. Uh, I do have one from Owen. Uh, Owen, if he would have woke up, was going to come on the show today, but he didn't wake up. So <laughs> Maybe next Maybe next week. If maybe you're going to record week. next Friday, I'm not going to be available because I've got the uh, the day off and I'm, I need to go and do family things. Gotcha. So. Well, we'll see what happens next week. If it's uh, Friday, I'll see if Owen can join me. And if it's not, we'll just do it Sunday or something. Okay. Um, but I do have a very long email from Owen because when we had him on the show, he talked about changing the battery in his wife's iPhone. And he actually did it. And we have the results of that. So... Yeah. We'll get to that next week, um, maybe with Owen here on the show. I think it would be a better story with him. Yeah, I think it would be good if he talked us through this. Absolutely. So with that, David, thanks for being here this week. I uh, enjoy our time together, man. Always my pleasure. <laughs>